This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Hoist the Colors podcast. I am Stephen Igo, the host of this podcast, Ryan Solo, doing a quick recap in the aftermath of East Carolina's seasoning opening sweep of the Rhode Island Rams. A great start for Cliff Godwin's ball club as they sweep the opening series for the second consecutive year. Hopefully, of course, we finish this season as the Pirates finish off the sweep with a 12-4 victory over Rhode Island. So uh, ECU takes care of business, really, and you see scores from all over uh, college baseball. It's not easy to sweep teams, particularly on opening weekend, and I think this was a great start for East Carolina. So we're going to go game by game. You know, in future series, when it's maybe a little bit of a, a bigger opponent, we get in the conference play, some of that stuff, we'll have you know more insight for you guys, different guests. Of course, Jonathan, who covered today's game, uh, will be uh, featured on the podcast a lot. Well, he'll probably join me potentially later this week as we uh, look ahead to Georgia Southern. But here's how we're going to do it. We're going to recap every weekend series here on the Hoist of Colors podcast. We're going to go game by game. Then at the conclusion of the show, we're going to hand out a pitcher of the weekend, a hitter of the weekend, and a rookie of the weekend. Uh, and the rookie will fall into the f- true freshman or second-year freshman category just because there were so few games last year so we're going to hand those out at the end of today's show uh, but ECU wins three to two in uh, extra ratings on Friday seven to one a little more conventional on Saturday and 12 to four today uh, to outscore Rhode Island uh, 22 to seven over the course of the three games and you look at Friday's game to start off with as we dive into each individual game uh, the Pirates really, it was, a, it was a cold night. It was a cold weekend in general, so it was tough hitting conditions all weekend, but the Pirates really got off to a uh, slow offensive start, as did Rhode Island. You kind of expected it. Season opener, uh, you haven't played in nearly a year. It's 35, 37 degrees at first pitch. Uh, it's dark. It's miserable. It's been raining all week. It, it was just kind of an odd environment, even though it was opening day. Of course, no fans really in the stands outside of a you know, maybe a few hundred that are allowed in. Um, but ECU ends up pulling out a pretty dramatic 3-2 to two victory on Friday night. Uh, it took until the fifth inning for the offense to wake up as the Pirates came alive with RBI singles from Bryson Worrell and Thomas Francisco. Then Rhode Island, to its credit, came right back in the top of the sixth against starting pitcher Tyler Smith. Uh, really performed uh, well until that sixth inning when Rhode Island was able to tie the game with a couple of hits, uh, including one off Matt Bridges as they tied it 2-2. Two to two. Each team goes scoreless from there. Some stellar bullpen work. Uh, really, the, we'll get into this in a minute, but the Pirates used a ton of their top arms in the pen and uh, were able to shut down 
URI. Nick Robinson, the reliever for Rhode Island, had ECU tied up four scoreless innings. Eventually, he just got too high in the pitch count, uh, so they had to remove him. They bring in John Morrison for the bottom of the 10th. That leads to ECU being able to uh, pull out the victory. Lane Hoover gets on base. He uses his speed to get the second and ultimately third base. And then with Rhode Island playing in, Christian Smallwood, uh, the benefactor of a uh, friendly hop, but does a great job of getting down in the count 0-2, fighting back, and then putting the ball in play. And ECU walked it off for a 3-2 victory over Rhode Island on Friday night. So that was a big win. You could kind of feel uh, the breath of a sigh of relief, really, because, of course, ECU is the favorite. They're expected to win uh, a series like this. Uh, but, to, to you know, opening day, you haven't played in so long. You've got some nerves. you got some young guys, you know, stepping into new roles. And I thought uh, ECU was able to execute in the latter innings. Uh, of course, the biggest moment of the game was in the top of the ninth when Rhode Island had the bases loaded in a 2-2 two two game. Uh, Garrett Saylor, the reliever, fell behind. Uh, the batter, 2-0. and Cliff Goblin decides to go to six-year senior, senior Cam Colmore. Uh, and he does a great job, fires in a strike. Such a tough situation to come in 2-0 with the bases ju- juiced. And Colmore fires in a strike, uh, gets uh, back into the count at 2-1, then a ball to make it 3-1, then you're on your edge of, the, edge of your seat. At that point, the hitter, uh, he knows that a fastball is coming. Um, so simply, you, you have to execute there. Uh, Jordan Lasky was the hitter the catcher for Rhode Island, and uh, Colmore did a great job of throwing his fastball low in the zone, uh, dribbled a 6-4-3 double play to get out of the jam, and really at that point, in the top of the ninth, to keep the game tied at that point, you just kind of knew ECU was going to win. It took him another inning, but the Pirates did end up walking it off, so Colmore, he got the win out of the bullpen, uh, one and two-thirds innings, a great performance, of course, and then the Pirates ended up using Arguably their five best relievers, uh, at least in terms of experience. And um, I should say four of their five best relievers in terms of experience and kind of proven where they are. Matt Bridges was first out of the pen in the sixth. Uh, C.J. Mayhew threw two shutout innings, including four strikeouts to its allowed. Sailor struggled a little bit with command. He only goes a third of the inning, but he's picked up by Colmore, who goes one and two-thirds to earn a win. Uh, A.J. Wilson also faced... The one batter in the sixth inning to escape a jam after Bridges gave up uh, a hit. He came on to face a lefty and ended up getting him out with a weak ground ball, showing off his slider. So Friday night really kind of showed you the extent of the bullpen, and you're probably going to see this in a lot because Friday night games are are close games. They're often pitching duels, and you need your, your top bullpen arms to emerge in most Friday night games, especially in conference play when you've got some evenly matched teams. So uh, to see five guys coming out of the pen, you you allow no runs uh, from the bullpen in the opener over uh, three and two-thirds. And, and so that was just a great start uh, for the Pirates' bullpen. Tyler Smith goes five and a third, two hits allowed, four strikeouts, two walks. I thought his stuff was uh, a tick better than we've seen in the past. You know, his fastball was in the 91, uh, 92 range a couple times. You know, he sat – more 90 miles an hour, where in the past he's been more 87, 88. He also threw a good uh, breaking ball, uh, solid changeup. Of course, he's got the one-seam sinker. You know, Tyler's issue has always been getting through 
that lineup a third time. You know, his he historically struggles once he gets into the fifth, sixth inning. Really good pitcher for four to five innings. So I was hoping that he would be able to get through the sixth this time. Cliff did give him the opportunity to go back out there. Um, but then he got up and pitch count, you know, high 70s, gave up a couple hits, so they pulled him. So hopefully Tyler can uh, continue to pitch, pitch deep in games, especially if he's going to stay in that Friday night role, which is to be determined, I think. But he's going to be on the weekend. He always gives you a chance to win. It's why his career record is what it is, 18-3. and three, And Friday night was no different. So I, I don't expect uh, that to change for Tyler Smith. He's always going to have a quality start for the Pirates. Uh, not Again, not too many hits in the opener on Friday. You know, Worrell finished one for four. Francisco, one for three. Uh, Makarevich had a triple, as did uh, Lane Hoover. The first two hits of the year for ECU were triples uh, with Hoover and uh, Makarevich, which is pretty cool. Connor Norby also one for four day, but nobody had multiple hits. As the Pirates were limited to six hits, as was Rhode Island in the opener. But ECU comes out on top three to two. And they head into Saturday, you know, with a little bit sigh of relief, as we talked about. You know, a chance to uh, win the series and clinch the series. And the Pirates did just that. They jumped on Rhode Island quickly, 2 to nothing in the bottom of the first, and uh, were able to really, I don't want to say own the game, but kind of control the pace of the game. You know, they led 3-1 to one in the middle innings. Rhode Island made it interesting a couple of times. But uh, for the most part, ECU kind of controlled it. It was never really in doubt on Saturday. Uh, Jake Kuchmaner did Jake Kuchmaner things in his first start of the year. The uh, preseason All-American went five innings, allowed two hits, zero walks, and three strikeouts. 72 pitches, 47 of which were strikes. I mean, this is Jake Kuchmaner. This is what he does. He pounds the zone. He lets his defense play. And right now, ECU's got a very, very good defense. And so that just plays to his strengths even more. But the uh, left-hander was working the fastball inside and out. Uh, the changeup was beautiful as always. Breaking ball wasn't really there. He admitted after the game, but um, I thought it was it was vintage Cooch Manor for the most part. Um, perhaps he can be a a little bit more efficient when his breaking ball is on and when his command is deadly. But as Cliff Godwin has said, Cooch it usually takes a maybe a start or two to really get him going. Uh, for so for him to start the season with five innings pitched, two hits allowed, in five shutout innings, earning the win was a great start for Cooch Manor. Again, Cam Colmore comes out of the bullpen. He gives up a run, but it's unearned after an error from East Carolina on the Bryson Whirl throw, which was an interesting uh, exchange as the runner was trying to tag from second on a fly ball to center, and Bryson just unleashed an absolute cannon, unfortunately overshot the third baseman, and it went into the dugout. So even though the runner was going back to second on the throw to third. He acted like he was tagging, so I think the intent to leave. Um, and then, of course, with the throw coming from the outfield into the dugout, ended up being a two-base error, and that was the only run Rhode Island would get all game. As Cole Moore was able to complete the inning, uh, Tristan Kimmel was next out of the bullpen to begin the seventh, and I thought he looked arguably as good as anybody this weekend out of the bullpen. You know, real sharp command of his slider, good fastball, uh, really solid stuff. He goes two innings, one hit allowed, two Ks, no walks, 24 pitches thrown. I thought that was a really encouraging performance from Kimmel. Nick Logus shuts it down. Uh, the final inning, he walks one but gets two Ks. You know, fastball was in the 92-mile-an-hour range consistently for Logus. It was just a, a question of where it was going to go. You know, he's a little bit all over the place with his command. But he's a guy that if he can hone in on that, he's got the stuff to be a back end of the bullpen guy. You know, former Juco transfer 
in his second year in the program. Pitched a little bit last year. You know, good strikeout numbers. Um, if he can keep the walk numbers down, he's got a chance to, you know, earn Cliff Godwin's trust and continue to pitch in the back end of bullpens. Um, the big star offensively on Saturday was Connor Norby. Three for four with four ribbies. He had the clutch 0-2 three-run double into the right center field gap on Saturday, which really kind of blew the game open. It turned it from a 4-1 game into a 7-1 advantage, and at that point, it was over. So a huge hit in the late innings on Saturday for Connor Norby, who's a preseason all-conference selection. Of course, he stepped into the starting second base role last season and really had a, a was having a breakout year as a sophomore uh, until the pandemic shut the whole thing down. So it's, it's good to see Norby really continue to have his success uh, carry over from last season. Francisco and Seth Cadell both scored a pair of runs on Saturday. Cadell hit ECU's first homer of the season, got a hanging breaking ball, and deposited it over the left field fence for his first home run of the season and ECU's first homer uh, of the team uh, that was uh, made it a three to one game in the or three nothing game, excuse me, in the fifth inning. And so uh, it was good to see Seth after. I don't want to say a rough Friday night, but probably not the Friday night he wanted to come back on Saturday. Hit the ball hard a couple times, uh, gets the home run, and then Sunday uh, had another good game, which we'll get into in a minute. So ECU, much better all-around performance on Saturday as a team. They get the 7-1 to victory. They clinch the series over Rhode Island, hold the Rams to just four hits and one run unearned on Saturday. And then, of course, to conclude the series on Sunday... The Pirates are able to complete the sweep with a 12-4 victory. The offense came alive early, scored three runs in the first inning to kind of stake a, uh, a lead for Carson Wisenhunt, who was making his first career start. I thought that allowed him to, to maybe settle in a little bit. Of course, uh, there was a lot of talk this preseason about Wisenhunt's upside and just kind of the offseason he had. Of course, last year came in as a two-way guy, highly touted two-way guy, but you know, needed some refinement, needed some time to mature. He got that with last season. He only made one appearance, gave up some runs, and we didn't see him again. This year, just focused on pitching. And, man, what a leap he made from freshman to second-year freshman year. Uh, as he, goes, he only goes four innings, 74 pitches, but 10 big strikeouts, uh, three hits allowed, two earned runs, and one walk. The biggest thing I take away from Carson's performance was in the, the third inning, Really the first trouble he had faced all, all game because he struck out, I think, five in the first two innings and wasn't really threatened at all. Well, in the in the top of the third, Rhode Island came out and they were hunting the fastball. Uh, they were hunting the fastball, which wasn't hunting, didn't have pinpoint command of today. Uh, they have a lot of older hitters in their lineup, and they were hitting them pretty good despite good velo at 91-92. Uh, after a mound visit from Jason Dietrich, and I think another hit allowed after that, uh, Wisenhunt really adjusted, started to go more to his breaking ball and his changeup. And man, for a, a, a freshman left-hander to have two breaking balls or two off-speed pitches that good, uh, the changeup, you know, we heard a lot about the breaking ball. The changeup was what surprised me. I mean, it was a real swing and miss pitch on Sunday for Carson Wisenhunt. Uh, multiple strikeouts on the changeup, multiple strikeouts on the breaking ball. The fastball, he caught a few guys looking as well. So, I mean, he struck out. Uh, the batters on three different pitches. Uh, he, he got all sorts of swing and misses, even in non-strikeout pitches. So 
in terms of, you know, 1-0 counts, he would get a swing and a miss to get back in the count even. He just, you can see the number one stuff with Carson Wisenhunt, and he goes four innings, uh, ten strikeouts, and, uh, of course, three hits allowed for East Carolina. Since Wisenhunt did not go five innings uh, and uh, was not on a predetermined pitch count, he did not get the win per ECU score. So Danny Bill, the freshman who also came in in a one-run game and pitched a clean inning, the scoreless inning in the fifth, got the win, his first career victory uh, for the Pirates. So good to see Danny and Wisenhunt, two freshmen, step in and pitch well. The Pirates ended up using six pitchers in all. C.J. Mayhew made his second appearance of the weekend, went one inning, just one hit allowed, and uh, struck out a batter, went 18 pitches. Zach Agnos, of course, the Pirates' starting third baseman, he made his first appearance on the mound of the year in the seventh inning and gave up two hits to start the inning. I thought did a good job of bouncing back after that, after two hard-hit balls, um, but ends up giving up the only two runs that ECU's bullpen allowed all weekend. Uh, but Zach goes uh, one inning, two hits allowed, two runs allowed, one strikeout, no walks. Showed a good slider, I thought, uh, out of the pen. Skylar Brooks came out in the eighth. Uh, another two-way guy for the Pirates. He came out pumping 92 miles per hour. Uh, one clean inning. He did walk a batter, but also struck out a batter. No hits allowed. And then Josh Gross, another talented true freshman, 6'4", 190. You know, dealt with some COVID protocols this preseason after a really strong fall. Um, you know, high velocity guy still regaining his strength a little bit, but he throws a clean ninth inning, uh, three balls in play, three outs, one, two, three to close it out. So, uh, just what a, what a job by the bullpen and the pitching staff all weekend. Really, you get three quality starts, you get excellent bullpen pitching. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Let's see if I can tally them up real quick. Um, so five different bullpen arms on Sunday. Then the Pirates go to three different arms on Saturday, and then, of course, five different arms on Friday for the opener. So that is 13 different bullpen appearances. Uh, You had Mayhew and Colmore make uh, multiple appearances. Uh, 13 different bullpen appearances total, 11 different bullpen pitchers, and you give up two runs. I mean, that's pretty efficient uh, for the Pirates out of the pen. And then, of course, your starters, no one gave up more than two runs. Uh, Wisenhunt, Smith, and Coochmaner combined to give up only four runs in uh, more than 13 innings of work. So uh, just a really solid weekend for the Pirates on the mound, which you kind of expected against a, a Red Island team that was probably a little overmatched, but the Pirates did what they needed to do, didn't give out any free passes, attacked the hitters for the most part, and took care of business. So solid weekend on the mound to start things off for the Pirates. At the plate in the opener, uh, another big day. For the Pirates offensively, which was good to see them close the series that way. They closed it out with 12 hits. We got to mention that Rhode Island made eight errors. Eight, which was just insane. You just They had four runs, six hits, eight errors. You don't see that line score too much in college baseball. And again, this is a Rhode Island team that has not been able to practice much, probably due to the weather. They haven't been able to take ground balls. Uh, they don't have the facilities ECU does, so... Not a huge surprise to see, see them struggle, but it is a surprise to see eight errors at the end of the day. That is a ton of errors in college baseball. Uh, but the Pirates took advantage. They took advantage of that and some free passes, banged out 12 hits as a team. Bryson Worrell finishes two for six with two ribbies. Seth Cadell, uh, two for three with two runs scored and an RBI. Thomas Francisco, one for four with two runs scored. Connor Norby, two more hits 
and four at-bats. And Zach Agnos with a uh, big uh, two-for-four day with three runs driven in on a walk and I believe a pair of singles on those two infield choppers. So it was good to see Agnos get a little bit of fortunate luck. Um, Ryder Giles goes one for four, and uh, we saw a number of other players. we got to mention Skylar Brooks. Man, I almost forgot because his box score is lengthy. Skylar Brooks, after pitching his scoreless inning, man, he hit one of the longest home runs we've seen. Now, it was not there today. Jonathan was covering the game. Uh, but it had to have least, I think it touched the jungle parking lot and bounced on the Charles Boulevard. But he absolutely smoked it. His first official A.B. of the year. Again, this was a guy who was a top uh, recruit nationally coming out of high school. Dealt with an injury his first fall in the program uh, a couple years ago. Got his feet wet last year, and now they got to find a way to get him in the lineup, I think. I mean, he is he's too talented to, to be on the bench every game, and uh, right now the Pirates are really deep, and you earn what you get in practice. But Brooks is a guy, as we saw today on the mound, up to 92 with a hard slider. And at the plate, man, when he connects – he can hit it a long way. That was his first career home run. Uh, turn it from a 9-4 to game into a 12-4 to game in the late innings. So the Pirates really uh, stat-padding series finale to complete the sweep. So a good way for ECU to close out uh, the series. And again, a lot of teams that expected to roll this weekend have dropped some games. And um, the Pirates took care of business. And that's good to see from a, a still predominantly young team. Of course, a lot of experienced position players, but... A lot of these guys haven't played through a full season, so good to see them get off to a good start and start 2021 3-0. All right, now we're going to get to our awards of the weekend. Again, our hitter of the weekend, our pitcher of the weekend, and our rookie of the weekend. We will start first with our hitter of the weekend. Uh, it goes to a guy who is continuing his hot start from last season, Connor Norby. The Pirates' third-year sophomore second baseman goes 6-for-10 at the dish this weekend uh, with a double, four RBIs, and a run scored. Really solid weekend from Connor, both in the field and at the plate. I believe he also stole multiple bases. Um, yes, so uh, multiple stolen bases, actually three stolen bases for Connor Norby this weekend. Again, speed, power, strong defensively, good arm, just a really solid baseball player who uh, we talked about it before, has All-American potential if it all comes together. And so a really solid start to the 2021 season for Connor Norby. He gets our Hitter of the Week award. Our Pitcher of the Week, this is, was a tough one. I mean, you could go, really you can make the case for multiple guys. Cam Colmore with probably the biggest single pitch of the weekend to get the double play. Jake Kuchmaner was really good on Saturday, but you know, we've we've come to expect so much from Cooch, we almost take it for granted. So I'm gonna go in a little bit of a different direction here and I'm gonna give it to Carson Wisnot. I think just he didn't get the win because he didn't go five innings, but the pure stuff we saw, ten strikeouts in four innings, I mean strikeouts on fastballs, breaking balls, change ups, just the pure upside of Carson Wisenhunt was special to watch. And you know, not trying to put too much pressure on the kid's shoulders. Still extremely early in his career. You could tell today he's still got to hone in on his fastball command to be a complete pitcher. Um, still has to go through a lot of situations on the mound. But, I mean, just the pure upside of a lefty with his stuff. I mean, you're talking about a, a number one caliber arm for an Omaha team. So, uh, really, really impressive debut from the start for Carson Wisnant. So, uh, he gets our Pitcher of the Week award. Our Rookie of the Week 
only played a couple of innings, but he made a huge impact. Skylar Brooks, the second-year freshman for the Pirates, uh, a big, big swing of the bat, three-run homer, the longest home run of the weekend by far um, over uh, against Rhode Island to really bust the game open on Sunday. He also throws a scoreless inning out of the bullpen. We saw a ton of good debuts this weekend, but Skylar Brooks made a great impression in his short time of course he debuted last year but we're giving the rookie of the week award to both first year freshman and second year freshman and we saw a lot of young players step up this weekend but I thought Skylar Brooks made his biggest impact in his short time on the field and hopefully we continue to see more of Skylar going forward after that performance all right that is going to do it for today's show again another big game of course coming up in baseball you don't have much time to celebrate so we wanted to get this podcast out quickly but Duke Coming to town on Tuesday, they are playing Coastal Carolina right now, the third game of that series. The Blue Devils will come into uh, Clark Leclerc Stadium ranked. It's a shame that um, fans can't attend like normal because I'm sure it would be a great crowd and a great atmosphere. But the Blue Devils will come to town. The game will be on ESPN Plus Tuesday, I believe, at 4 o'clock in what should be one of ECU's bigger non-conference games of the season. So, Carter Spivey, the third-year sophomore, scheduled to get to start for ECU, but that'll be a big game for RPI, strength of schedule purposes, all that stuff as the Blue Devils roll into town. As always, we'll have complete coverage up on hoistacolors.net. We've also got a special running right now on HTC. This will run for the, the next couple of weeks, but I urge you to take advantage now. 50% off a subscription to hoistacolors.net, but not only that, you get... Free, complete access to CBS All Access. And of course, if you're familiar with CBS All Access, which has shows on on demand from CBS like Survivor and many other great shows, it's about to become Paramount Plus on March 4th. And if you sign up now, 50% off Hoist to Colors, you not only get CBS All Access for free, when it becomes Paramount Plus, it rolls right over and you get Paramount Plus at no extra charge, completely free, so Comedy Central, BET, MTV, CBS, all those networks programs, plus exclusive shows, all on demand for free just because you're a Hoist of Colors and 24-7 sports subscriber. So uh, quite honestly, I don't know if we can offer a better deal. I mean, you're talking about probably a more than $100 value with the CBS All Access in itself, and then, of course, 50% off our subscription uh, definitely urge you to take advantage if you haven't already. Of course, if you're a longtime subscriber of Hoist the Colors, you're already able to activate CBS All Access for, for no charge. So if you if you need um, some help doing that, feel free to PM me on the site and I'll get you set up. All right, you've been listening to Hoist the Colors. It was a pleasure to recap ECU's season opening. So it was just fun to watch baseball again. There's nothing like ECU baseball. Can't wait for some warmer weather to enjoy it even more. But the Pirates start the season 3-0. and We'll be back with you next week to talk to more Pirate Athletics. You've been listening to Hoist the Colors.
you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.